finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan. Entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Good people of the world, I present the one, perhaps the only, but definitely the one, Nathan Akpan. <laughs> it's definitely not the only, because somebody else has my Instagram handle that I wanted that was Nathan Akpan. I was like, come on. So, not the only, but definitely the one. Definitely the one. Guys, um, Nathan and I have some of the most dope conversations, and we've been talking for more than a year about capturing these conversations so you guys can be a part of the juiciness but we finally at the time that was perfect finally. have got this recorded so nathan and i are going to do what we do which is just have a chat about who knows what and it's going to go somewhere amazing i'm going to first and foremost connect you to this amazing man and what he's into and what he does so you can get to know him be sure to connect with him on um, instagram and facebook he put some really really great powerful content out there so be grateful for you to, to be a part of that too. But yeah, we're just going to share some conversations uh, now and going forward uh, and share them with you on all things consciousness, definitely purpose, uh, being the best version of yourself, um, uplifting. Uh, we speak on some spiritual mumbo jumbo stuff sometimes. And we had a really great conversation once about, um, I think it was the morality, we've had some stuff about morality. There was one we had about victim consciousness. We've had some really great stuff. So we'll see where we go. Um, but before we get into that goodness, Nathan, let the people know who you are, where you're from and what you're about. Yeah, um, it's an absolute honor to be here. You know, like, like Dan just said, this came about from just having conversations whereby, you know, an hour into the conversation, we we're like, dude, we should have been recording this, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's spontaneous conversations are just are just the best. And so it is out of that desire to capture our conversations that we're doing this. Um, but again, my name is Nathan Akpan. Um, you know, I'm a speaker, I'm a life coach, but most particularly, I would describe myself as a subconscious behaviorist. I have a, a particular passion for um, the workings of the subconscious mind and you know if you guys are anywhere close to being aware these days you understand the role that the subconscious plays in everything that we do um, so between the subconscious mind and and purpose but I'll kind of step back a bit my my specific goal is to help you know high achieving individuals remove the obstacles that are standing in their way to or get to the next level, but not only do that in some, you know, desperate attempt to succeed, but doing that in a conscious way, in a way that is in alignment with every facet of you, um, such that you're not in denial of your human nature and your desire to succeed because it is inherent in us, but also the, the, the worldly successful success-driven part is also not in denial of your spiritual nature. So it's bringing those two things, the yin and the yang together, and then helping desirous individual to unfold in really every direction of your life. So basically what I do is I'm a facilitator, I'm a cheerleader for those individuals, but also I help people achieve the breakthroughs that are necessary when they cannot um, possibly do it on their own. So we call it an interventionist if you want to, but 
um, that's just the general part of it. I'm, I'm a student of the game. I'm a follower of other people. I'm a fellow traveler. And for some, I'm a leader. So it covers the whole gamut. And I'm excited to be here with Dan. Well, bro, I think even your approach to discussing what you do just brings to, to the forefront the alignment that just naturally occurred between the two of us in how we look at things. We're both avid readers, studiers of the ancients and also of the moderns and, and finding those gaps because it's all about expanding human consciousness and supporting this world we live in being one that we'd love to leave to our children, to our children's children, one that we'd like to be in, but essentially doing our part in making the world even that much better for those around us and those to follow. And understanding that that doesn't happen on just one track. There are multiple pieces that are in play making that work. So we both are into the world of spirituality and understanding that what makes up our world goes beyond what we can see and what we can experience with our senses. But we both also understand that unless we have our nugget, our mind tapped in, that's not gonna really matter that much. But then on top of that, again, a thing that definitely inspires me about you is that you go out and actually do. You don't just meditate about it or consult your guides and then wait for it to fall in. I, I tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't take you far. You know, so, it, is, it is necessary to balance that out. Um, and, and pardon me, because as you were saying that, one of my favorite quotes that I, I heard when I was, I think I was in fifth grade or something, my teacher he wrote this on a board and I still remember him saying it. He made us recite this. And it said, you can play the black keys of the piano. You can play the white keys of the piano, but for harmony, you must play both the black and the white, right? And you can, you can incorporate that. I use that sometimes in race relations, right? Mm -hmm. But it is so encompassing that, again, that yin and the yang, you must play. That's how beautiful melodies and symphonies come about. So if your life, is going to be a symphony, right? Not just one note, you know, annoyance. You must play the black and the white. You must play the conscious and the unconscious, the spiritual and the physical, because that is the dance, is it not? You know, so, and that's really, that's kind of where we align because as our conversations were kind of bouncing back between these things, but you, you, you see how essential it, it is for people to have both of those. And it was one of my pet peeves, actually, not, it's not a pet peeve, because pet peeve implies being triggered by something that doesn't bother me. But however, it was one of the, the places that I sought to fill in, in this space, in our personal growth journey, was quite a bit of people, as you notice. There are a lot of teachers who only touch one side. A lot of teachers only touch the other. It's fine, because it is fairly complicated to try to weave both. And so for simplicity's sake, you want to separate them. However, it would be very misguided to tell somebody that all you have to do is, you know, have high performance habits, or all you have to do is open your chakras. No, it's got to be balanced, you know. And so that balance is is what I seek every day. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that. And another thing that um, I just want to share that I love about Nathan is that he holds me to a standard in my conversation. I remember I was saying something once. And you like unpacked it and you were like, I'm just applying the Socratic, the Socratic method to this. I was like, wow, I missed that. I had to like review. And so I'm left, I'm always left, um, I'm always left filled and I'm always left 
thinking a little sharper from my engagements with you. And I think it's probably one of the things that you bring to the people that you work with too, the people that you're, you're connecting with or that you're, that you're coaching, even that you're speaking to, because I know you do some speaking at a lot of educational institutions and I think some corporate, but I think mainly I've seen you speaking at colleges and stuff and inspiring younger minds. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking to really any audience, um, obviously, I usually say is, you know, a true teacher does not reject a call to speak to one person, right? They always say if you're speaking to an audience of one, you speak to them mm -hmm. with the same enthusiasm as you would to a room of a thousand. And so mm -hmm. I speak to whomever it is, ne is necessary, be it in a corporate setting, individual setting, or on an individual basis. Um, but yeah, a lot of my stuff, however, is, is still online just because that's just how I love to operate. Um, but the whole conversation that you just said about holding you to a higher standard, I must say that is, that is necessary and, and is the case with me also. It's the reason why I have the conversations I have with you. And perhaps as a, as a teaching point, we must, you, must be, you must be aware of who it is that you give your time to. You know, when I have these conversations with you, I don't mind spending two hours talking with you because what is a chat to us is, is, uh, is enlightening to both of us. And for those of you who are Bible readers, it, it, the Bible says, and I'm not religious. However, I grew up, and let me actually bring this up for those of you who may be watching this. I'm not religious, not anymore, because I've transcended that level. However, I spent a lot of my life in religion, and I think there was a reason behind that. Um, was to be able to communicate this message of higher consciousness to the people who are still within that frame of reference. Um, not as an indictment, but perhaps as a way to help you relate to that. Um, so, you know, I've, I've read the Bible at least 13 times, cover to cover. So don't be shocked or perturbed when I quote the Bible because... <laughs> Just like we quote the Bhagavad Gita or we quote Gandhi or whatever it is, they're all books of wisdom and we must take wisdom wherever we find it. Um, but what I was trying to say was it is said that iron sharpens iron, right? And so that's, that's the same symbiotic relationship that I get when I converse with you. So I guess the first thing to, to help the audience understand is ask yourself, who do you spend two hours talking to? <laughs> right? And you get off the phone, I'm like, oh my God, I am so drained. And, and that's, that will tell you if you should keep talking to that person or if you should keep it at 15 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that is even the reason why we're doing what we're doing because we were, we're always filled by our conversations. We say, hey, let's do more of this because mm -hmm. it helps us out and perhaps it will help other people too. Exactly, exactly. Uh, even if that's one person, right? even if that's one person. And I love that. I remember there's a story, uh, Yogi Bhajan shared a story of when he was, I think it's when he was based in London. And every morning there was a, uh, there was a, there was a service that he'd do every morning where he'd have the, the guys would do the singing and there'd be some teaching and there'd be some, some, you know, some practices going on. And even when there was nobody there, he carried out the practices and carried on the service as if it was a room full of people. And I think there's something to be said energetically for the consistency of that and what it does. Because I even realized, so um, I was a bit under the weather for a couple of days. And I realized that um, I didn't do, uh, I've got back into the habit of doing my push-ups every morning because I'm 
re-stepping back into making my physical fitness uh, a primary thing. And I, I, there was a particular breathwork practice that I didn't do. And yesterday I sat back and I looked and I said, this is how habits are broken. This is how consistency is lost. And this is how we revert back to the old way of doing things. And so this morning, even though my head was banging, I still got down and I did my push-ups. And I still did my breath work. And I, normally I do the breath work in the evening, but I did it this morning to make sure that it got done. So I think one thing I'd love as a nugget for people listening in is don't allow the stories about the audience or about the effect stop you from being consistent. Don't allow narratives about whether it's worth it to break the consistency. Don't give up on going down a particular path or finishing something because priorities have changed. If you committed to something, commit to it. But that should mean that before making a commitment, apply some discernment and make sure that this is something that you want to commit to. Otherwise, life becomes this pepper pot of unkept commitments, things that we started and didn't finish because, oh, when I thought about it, I didn't want it. You know, when I thought about starting that, finishing that business. Well, don't start the business until you spent that time knuckling down and seeing if this is something that you're ready to commit to. Don't make that commitment until you know for sure. And don't stop because there's just one person in the room. Keep going. Absolutely. You know, and, and <laughs> two things to that. Um, first off, the, the, the thing about that you just mentioned in relation to habits and you know, stopping those things and realizing as you were saying that, it reminded me of, I think it was James Allen, where he said that victories won by right thought can only be maintained by watchfulness. Ooh. So many people do things and they, they succeed. And three years later, they realize, I quit doing that. And I, I catch myself doing this a fair amount, even especially at the gym, right? We do certain things and we start getting results and we want to go experiment with something else. <laughs> and later on, we're like, why did I quit doing those push-ups, right? And that is, and I realize that that is where that statement, back to the basics, return to the fundamentals come from. Because what tends to happen as we get better, we tend to gravitate away from the things that made us great. Mm -hmm. and, and that statement of James Allen was really geared to already successful people. Victories mm -hmm. won by right thought can only be maintained by watchfulness. Because if you're not watchful, you're going to quit doing the things that you did. And then before you know it, you were like, what happened? You know, and, and so we must always keep ourselves in check to ensure that we're not slipping because slippage happens. And then in terms of commitment, right? And that's that being committed, letting your yes be your yes. And you make a very valid point. If you're not going to do it consistently and you don't see yourself doing this much later, then don't start. <laughs> don't start. Figure out how can I make it work till I can continue it. If anything, tone it down and then scale it up. But I will tell you this, it might sound um, weird for some of the ladies watching it, but if you understand where I'm coming from with this, you'll understand. With some of the people I've dated in the past, I've told them, hey, you know, okay, so for instance, walking to the car, and I said, you know what? I could open the car door for you, but if I don't do this a year from now, you're gonna say I changed. 
So if it is not something I intend on doing for the rest of my life, I'm not going to open the car door for you now. And then, you know, two years later, you said, oh, when we first met, you used to open the door for me. And because that was not what I really wanted to do. I was just doing it to impress you. Right. And so it is necessary for us to know if you meet somebody that you don't want to open a car door for your rest of your life for, then don't start and quit. Right. And so because ultimately when you do something because you want to, not because you have to, not because you're impressing an observer. Right. I tell people if I was the only person on an island, I would still work out. Yeah. Because it's for me. Yeah. And so when we choose to do things for us, not for anybody else, do it for the love, we can do it in perpetuity, you know, and that's how, say, for instance, with your practice, your teaching, it is only an expression of who you are. It is an expression mm-hmm. of what you've done in your private life, overflowing into the public life. You're not waiting till people are watching you and you say, oh, hey, you know, hey, oh, hey, guys, uh, by the way, <laughs> let's talk about consciousness. No, it's... <laughs> are as a, as a person so yeah yeah it's, it's funny because i was even saying to uh, i was saying the other night um she was looking at me because I've, I've i made a commitment to stretch every evening because i and again my martial arts days i stretch all the time always stretching because i wanted to be limber and i was realizing i was trying to do some moves the other day and it's like what that, right where, where so i've got back into again stretching and she saw me i think i, I think i got out of bed to go and stretch because i hadn't stretched she was just looking at me. I can't remember what she said, how she said it, but she said something like, this stuff that you're always doing, like, she, that's all she said, but like, I, I got it. It's, yeah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I wasn't doing it because somebody was watching. I was doing it because I made the commitment to actually do it. And the results flow from that. Right. But one thing I wanna, I wanna quickly loop back that ties into your work based on this thing about why we move away from habits that we fall into, and I've got a theory on this, and I'd love your take on it as a, a subconscious behavioralist. It's, uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You learn it's, facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's this idea that sometimes we stop because it's successful, and the mind is reverting subconsciously on habit back to failure or back to normality or back to playing small. So rather than... Um, once we get into that habit of something working, the mind goes, oh, it's working. Better get back to default. Better get back to default. And I actually experienced this. It was so funny. I caught it uh, like a week later, but I had a most profound meditative experience. Um, as I'm sure you know, I'm a student of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And there's a particular meditation that I do at three o'clock in the morning. And um, I had like the most profound experience of this meditation I've ever had. Like It was just things clicked into place and it was powerful. And then I didn't do it for about a week, that particular meditation. I did something else. I, I was still meditating, but I did another meditation. I ran away and I caught myself. I said, just at the point where I was hitting perhaps an interdimensional breakthrough in my meditation practice for that particular meditation, or that was facilitated through my doing that particular meditation consistently for, for months now, I ran away from it. So I'd love your thoughts on subconscious behavior being the, the reason why we stop doing something that works perhaps because at a subconscious level we're seeking to go back to a default that's uh, that not an, an advanced level 
I mean, I think, I think, I mean, your theory is, is especially correct. I mean, um, it can be explained from multiple levels. Um, you know, obviously, if you're looking at, say, statistics, you've got reversion to the mean, right? Water seeks mm. its own level. Um, and, and it is what it is. And, and <laughs> the reason why is, uh, the subconscious minds are fascinating to me is that everything else is an illusion. You know, we've got the physical, we've got the spiritual, we've got the conscious, we've got the subconscious. That deeper level is really who we are. And so the question is, who are we at our mean, at our average? And so it's always going to revert back to the mean until we raise the mean threshold. We raise the mean level, right? And, and, that, and that is what it is. Now, of course, there are other supplemental programs, which still goes back to the mean, that could be running. And so subconsciously we're running away from, it could be fear of success. We're running away, or it could also be um, a fear of self-knowledge, hmm. right? And, and that is that whole, you know, that whole thing, you know, I think it was it's attributed to Marianne Williamson or whatever, greatest fear is not that, you know. Yeah. Right, but it, is, it is tied to a fear of self-knowledge because most people don't want to know. Hmm. What will I find when I look deeper? They don't want to know. It, a lot of times is also actually what keeps people from change. When you give a person a chance to find out, they say, nope, I'd just rather stay this way. You know? hmm. So it could also be subconsciously, a person has an experience that is so profound and it kind of scares them. It's like, yeah, I don't want to open that door yet. You know? Mm -hmm. So there are multiple levels where that program, but yes, it all boils down to our subconscious program. It's, it's no different from the person who loses weight and then they get to their ideal state and then they start going back and doing the things that will help make them gain weight. They weren't really subconsciously, they're fat. Subconsciously, they're out of shape. Subconsciously, you've got a program that says, I don't deserve to be this way. I've seen people who subconsciously um, gain weight because perhaps they were assaulted at a certain age um, when they looked really good. And this is a protective mechanism to keep them from being attractive. Because when I'm attractive, I, I call undue attention. And so the subconscious mind will always protect the conscious mind. And then mm -hmm. what it's going to do, it's going to give you a reason to rationalize. And then, you know, you say, oh, hey, you know, it's I, my busy schedule. But in reality, you're protecting yourself is what it is. So, uh, and that's really where we have to dig. Why did I run away from such an enlightened moment? Mm -hmm. Right? What am I afraid of? <laughs> you know, and in there somewhere, there is an answer. And, and that's where we kind of have to dig and pull on the strings a little bit for this awakening to occur. But I think sometimes as well, what's really great is that if you just spend time sitting with, I think it depends on where you're at. Let me, let me spin this back. It, so I spend most of my time pretty present and pretty much in alpha. I, I, I have practices and <clears throat> my pattern is most of my day I'm spending in alpha brainwaves. If I feel I'm in an environment or something creating something that's gonna pull me closer to beta, I slow my breathing down, I'm more mindful, I do things more mindfully, I take an action, I 
uh, I'll take a minute to keep myself in alpha. So when I pop out of alpha, I notice it because I've made that my norm, I've made that my mean. The same way that I, I endeavor to spend most of my time as present as possible. Not so deeply present that I'm ignorant of the world, but a relaxed state of consciousness that allows me to be, I can drop into a deeper state of presence pretty quickly, and I can come into more outer state of consciousness uh, pretty quickly because I'm staying in that middle ground. When you make your norm what you choose to be consciously consistently enough, those instances that are pulling you away from that are going to be more apparent, and that's going to make it perhaps easier for you to see, oh, what people, places, and things were happening at that time. When did that shift, what was going on in that shift? Rather than, because what I find is people don't make any effort to get closer to where they want to be. They just stay in their normal and then spend their time digging around to find, you know, waiting around in the crap to find what the answer is. But because they're not doing that from a presence, from a state of awareness, they end up just continuing to fill their mind with more of that crap and therefore perpetuating more of the crap, not breaking free of the thing, but actually just diving more deeply into it and ending up drowning. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I just made a note of this and, and hopefully in our future conversations, we, we might be able to pick a specific topic and, and talk about it because you just spoke about um, alpha in the event that there's, there are people who do not or aren't aware of it. I think perhaps we should speak about um, brainwaves at a certain time. And it is something that I'm, 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 I'm fairly deep into as far as, you know, biofeedback and stuff and, and the implications of that is huge, right? Because like you just said, you've trained yourself to stay in a state. You're reverting back to your mean, which is alpha in this case. So when you're in beta, um, you know, hey, this feels funny. I'm back to my, my mean. And, and perhaps I think it would benefit people to know um, the importance of the different states, what to expect in each, what they may be exhibiting in in a particular level, and I think that that is a huge that's a huge um, point of awareness that when you you're, you're becoming really aware, you know when you're left brain, when you're right brain, when you know what's going on, and it'll it'll force you to just slow down because mm -hmm. you're aware, and that's mm -hmm. what just happened is you have this point of awareness as to how you feel, and you're like, okay, Dan, time out, let's let's center right. And that's, and that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing to, I think that people could benefit from. Yeah, it just happened to me today even. So um, my place is on Airbnb at the moment because I wasn't actually supposed to be here in Los Cabos this month, I was supposed to be away, but we ended up here. And so, because um, my place is not available, it's on Airbnb, I had to go and get, we had to go and get a, a, another place. And we've had the most interesting time with this lovely little golf resort, I'm looking out, I've got pretty much similar views to my house and looking at the ocean now i've got lands in it's great but when we booked the place we booked it as we booked it to get a certain size room and when we got here the room size was not what was on the tin right. it was it was a studio and not a one bedroom place that we were expecting to have and for my i wanted to but i i felt the the pull right which is not an efficient state to get effective results dropped it down, I left it. We went to deal with it amicably. The people at the front desk were not helpful. Well, sorry, we told Airbnb that wasn't available. Have fun with that. And of course, the, the, the beta response is, ah! but okay, I see that's not where I, 
So anyway, we left it, dropped in, dealt with it amicably, and even in the email exchanges, I wanted to dropped into a state that was more conducive to actually getting a reciprocal response and it was handled. We, I'd only booked it for a week because we weren't sure if we were going to go to Mexico City today or next weekend, but because the size of the room was good and you know, it's a lovely little space, we're like, oh, you know, we'll just chill here for the next week. This morning, you get a call from the front desk. Yeah, sorry, you have to move. You've got an hour to pack your stuff up. So we've got to pack up a one bedroom place we just did grocery shopping, all this stuff, to move it again. And of course, I wanted to kick off. Right. But I noticed, hang on a minute, that's not a behavior associated with how I want to show up. The thoughts and energy associated with those actions don't represent the seeds that will lead to the fruit that I want to be experiencing going forward. So I cut the pendulum, breathed in. I'll go to the gym. I just messaged and said, look, you know, you have to come back. You need to pack up. I had to shift an appointment. But actually, I'm in a lot more peace because I didn't allow the momentum to go in this beta and high beta stress, ah, making this big thing out. Actually, it allowed me to step back and say, oh, well, maybe there's a reason why. I've got a slightly better view because we're higher up. We're on the ground floor we're at the first floor. Is there anything else? Right now, I can't see it. But at this level of consciousness, I might not see all of the pieces that are moving around how this can be for my benefit but most importantly the choice of how I look at the situation the energy of gratitude that I've injected into it instead of resentment anger and combat allows me to create an open field where all of the infinite possibilities associated with this being a positive outcome become open to me and all of those disempowering potential outcomes close off but that came from me being able to know the difference between where I like to be and where I had the opportunity to go to in terms of <gasps> and just bring it back down again. Right. This goes again to the, oh, the statement, victory is won by right thought, can only be maintained by watchfulness. But the cool thing is that you do it long enough, yeah. the watchfulness happens automatically, mm. right? It becomes your state. It becomes your place where you see the world. So your, your body, your subconscious mind, works to keep you at equilibrium, which is your, your positive, as opposed to always living in a negative and only trying to be positive, you know? But gosh, there's so many nuggets in what you just said, so many nuggets. You know, again, tying back to the things we talked about, a true teacher, we're all students, right? But when you can practice what you preach in private, when nobody is watching, that's how you know you got it. You know, yeah. that's how you know you're starting to learn. And because there was nobody there, you could have blown off and you would have had every right to. But also knowing, <laughs> recognizing the ego, right? The ego lives in beta. Recognizing the ego and saying, hey, 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 it's okay. You know, but here's another thing. It also reminds me of what Einstein said, where he said that one of the most important, and this ties to your philosophy, one of the most important decisions a person can make and will make is deciding if they live in a friendly universe or in an adversarial universe. Is the universe conspiring in my favor or is it conspiring against me? And your response 
was based on the fact that you believe that everything is working for you in your favor and not against you. Because so instead of you thinking, oh, this is going to be a mess, this is going to be this, this is going to be that, and you're like, I wonder what possibilities, what better things await that I have not seen. Because I know this is working for me. I don't see it right now, but I'll just roll with it, right? And, and that's such a huge thing because... I didn't see that either. Say it again? One second to catch, he tried to run away, but I, I had to wheel it in. But having that break to choose which of those. I just want to make sure that everyone knows there was, you know, I'm not some Buddhist monk that, oh, la la la. I wanted to scream and shout, but I took a second to wheel it back in. Please continue. Right. If you guys are anything about me, you'll realize that I'm like this walking encyclopedia of anecdotes and quotes. So that statement, because I made, when you were talking, I made this note and it was specifically, it said choice. And because yeah. you, you said you had a choice, you chose. And Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning said that in, in between stimulus and response is a space. And in that space, you have the ability to choose. And in that choice lies your growth and your freedom. In that space between stimulus and response, just being able to take, and it could be a, a microsecond for you, but when you're aware, you're able to choose. You're never without choice. I always tell people, you're never without choice. It's like, oh, he left me no choice. You know, no, you're never without choice. And when you can take charge of your life and you realize that you're always in a place of choice, what did they say in, um, in um, oh, conversations with God, it says that every action is every act is an act of self-definition. If you decided to blow up, you just defined yourself. Mm. Every act is an act of self-definition. We are defining who we are every single day by everything that we do. Mm. And that too is a choice. Because we're free moral agents, it's not free will. The number one, the number one principle in, in our, at least in our, I mean, in the universe, really. We can't violate free will. So everybody's going to do what they do. But you always have a choice to do what you're going to do. It might be hard, but I must commend you for that because it is indeed an inconvenience. It's no question about that. But being able to respond in that way is, is incredible. So... Bravo. Hats off to you. Bob after Bob. Guys, just so you, you know, Nathan confirmed before this started about whether we're going to do video. And I said, I know you're going to drop some bombs. So we're videoing this. Every single piece of this, I want my reaction. I want all of it here recorded. In between the impulse and the reaction, was it the impulse? Stimulus and, and response. But yeah, is a choice, and in, and in that space lies your power to choose, and that in that space lies your growth and your freedom. You know, because okay, you're gonna blow up. You're not gonna blow up. If I choose not to blow up, I grow. If I blow hmm. up, I stay in the same place. Hmm. That one's my head's still warm from that one. <laughs> you know. It, it, every action 
is an act that defines us. When we start zeroing in and recognizing that who we are here right now, listening to this podcast, you are the sum result of every choice that you've made in that space between stimulus and response. And every act that you've chosen to allow, encourage, to, to repeat, every time when you've said no to more information, more clarity, more wisdom, and yes to more ignorance and more of the same. And I'm not saying ignorance in a bad way, I'm saying ignorance in terms of the knowledge. Every single one. The subconscious program that you reminded us that we're running on earlier, that bringing us down to, to that mean, that water level, that, that common level, that is not something that we woke up with. It's a thing that's happened over time as we've continued to choose to be in alignment with what we're given as children, what we then sought in, in our peers as teens and continue to play out as young adults and continue to play out until the midlife crisis comes and, sh and shows us it wasn't our choice consciously. All of that is leading to our water level. So when it comes to having, I would say an abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life, having that, if we want that to happen, it can, like you said, only happen because it's who we actually are, not who we're trying to be, not who we're pretending to be, not who we're trying to, to be so that we can get that sex at the end of that date or you know, to get that pay rise or to get that, that accolade. It's who we are when we're on the island and nobody's watching. That sum total comes together as a mean. And that sum total is happening now, has been arrived at now because of what we have been doing and will continue to be unless we create a change in how we're responding to those stimuli that are gonna be appearing from this moment and the moment after that and the moment after that. Every single act is informing whether we're taking that water level one way or the other. I love how you just weaved all of that together with that. It's, it's beautiful. And, you know, hopefully we keep it, let's end it here soon. That way they, you know, everyone can digest this. And if we're going to do this again, well, I think we'll pick one topic and just go deep into it. But, you know, when you were saying, when you were saying what you were saying, you know, starting from like alpha and all of that stuff, again, the thought that came to my mind is if only people knew that being who you are, the enlightened ones, not everybody who's awakened is enlightened anyways, but the enlightened ones, the ones who have worked for mastery or who are alchemists, um, <laughs> they have worked, they have put in work they, James Allen says it is only through hard work and ceaseless importunity that we can master ourselves. A 199 course on manifestation will not help you change your life. Hmm. You know, I, I get emails, you know, I've gotten like one email today, you know, I've gotten emails from one particular person who's talking about, oh my God, you manifest, this person manifested 2K, this person manifested that K. Great. Great. Oh, they just, the first week of being in the course, this person manifested this amount of money. Great. Great. You're manifesting money. But true change of an individual at the core does not happen from a one-week course. 
does not happen from a six-week course. This, what you're expressing, some of the things that I've said, is only a product of total immersion. It's only a product of commitment to this way of being, mm. right? Because if that's not who you really are at the core, it will show up. When, 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 you know, like they say, shit hits the fan, it will show up. You will show who you really are. So, you know, if you're watching this, I, I really want you guys to commit to your growth, not looking for a quick fix, not looking for, you know, whatever. Great, you know, go make your money. But this journey that we're on is a long-term journey, journey, you know, because if we're talking about, we'll have this conversation on a different day, it, 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 an elevation of consciousness as a species uh, or growth as individuals your ability to do what you came to this earth to do it's the work of a lifetime you know mm -hmm. and dan has not gotten to this level of awareness and awakening i mean the man works on himself so much right and we all must be committed to doing that you know don't get distracted by the quick fix programs, great, take it, but you must be committed. It, it, can, it should only be a part of your total commitment to your unfolding, right? And that's how you get that mean. That's how you change that mean and that water, you know, that water level changes. And once it changes, you know, Einstein again said, I'm gonna end with this. Consciousness, once expanded, cannot return to its original form. When you, when you unfold, once you awaken, you can't go back, period. You keep it. And that's the beauty, and that's the, the beauty of hard work. When you work on you, once it finally opens up, you can't go back. You can't see things that you know the same way again and that's just a product of hard work you see people who win and who succeed or who have this period of awakening today and six months later they're they're a mess you know and that's because they didn't allow it to take root in your heart you know we're not doing it because it's sexy or they say you know you you've said that so many times in your lives and stuff don't do it because it's sexy do it because you want to change who you are on the soul level and then the magic happens. Bro, I think we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna cut there. Um, let's put plant medicine down on the topic list as we're well. We're gonna have to, yes. I, I'm really, I think um, I really want to catch up with what you've been seeing with the brainwave stuff as well. I think that's gonna be powerful because I know you're studious. Very few times am I met in my life with people that are more studious than I am. So I definitely want to get, pick your brain on, on, on the brainwaves piece and how that can loop into what we're talking about today. I really feel we've set the groundwork here for some great conversations that's really going to be impactful in the world. So I'm grateful to you for manifesting as you are and for making those acts that have led you to being the person that's here to share this space with um, honor and appreciate you. Guys, be sure to connect with Nathan. I'm going to pop some, some links in the show notes um addicted underscore two underscore purpose on instagram nathan akpan a-k-p-a-n over on uh, facebook addicted to purpose he's got a great facebook group where he's just about to unfriend you if you spell my name wrong i'd unfriend you <laughs> 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 
thank you for so much. Be sure to connect with him. Uh, subscribe, share this podcast if it hit you. Share it with someone else that needs to be hit too. Someone else that needs to understand there's more to moving their water level. Be sure to join uh, the Facebook group, Dreaming Down forward slash Facebook. Dreamdown.com forward slash Facebook. We'll be here again with some more of this. Until then, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Stay addicted and committed to purpose. Um, be aware of what's going on with that subconscious because it does have its own behaviors that can be managed and, uh, and deliberately choose an abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. It's yours. Take right. care. And, and I would like to say one last thing. If you have any topics that you would want us to, you know, talk about, comment about those. If you, you know, I don't know, relationships, marriage, family, plant medicine, whatever, pop it in and then we can make that the center of conversation and I think that would that would be great. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, be sure to you can uh, you can hit up um, uh, HQ at dreamandan.com. Um, Nathan, what's your email address for people that want to send you any emails? Nathan at quantumleapglobal.com. Brilliant, brilliant. And again, I'll, I'll make sure that those are in the show notes as well, so you guys can connect with us and let us know what things you want to talk about. Until then, again, be well, go out there and start choosing to show up as the person you want to be, not because anyone's looking. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.dreamwithdan.com for updates for more exclusive content. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.